My name's Emily Martin, and I'm taking you behind the scenes to talk to equine artists from around the world. This is Artist Unlocked. Hey, what's up, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of Artist Unlocked. We are back. We are halfway through season two. This week's guest is Carissa of Sprucewood Farms Studio. Carissa really caught my eye in the last year. Her pieces are so glowing and full of life, and she also works in mixed media, but she uses oils, which is what I use, so I related to her in that way. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up that I have a really exciting announcement coming to you guys next week regarding Artists Unlocked, so you're definitely gonna wanna stick around and tune in. Thank you guys so much for 100 subscribers. We hit that goal this week. It was a milestone that I've been pushing for. So thank you guys so much for all of your continued support. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Go ahead and um, introduce yourself, who you are, your studio name, things like that. Hey, Model Horse World. My name is Carissa Kirksey of Sprucewood Farm Studio. Uh, I sculpt, I paint, I to have resin releases. I just generally love model horse hobby. Awesome. So walk me through your journey. How did you get into the model horse hobby to begin with? And then how did that progress into the art side of things? I was the typical uh, horse crazy little girl with the not horsey family. <laughs> so like the model horses were the appeasement for not having a real horse. Yes. So I've kind of been in the hobby from the beginning and being artistic from a young age, it just kind of was a natural gravitation to the art side of it. Yeah. So I don't really, I don't really remember learning about the artistic side of the hobby. I know I didn't have just about horses magazine until later, didn't have the internet, possibly just being an artsy kiddo, I decided that I was going to paint a model horse and it just kind of escalated from there. I, oh, I have to show you this. I have sculpted since I was about five. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's salt dough. <laughs> Mom was very proud of the uh, frayed macrame herring. Yeah. Says, hello. Mean, that's adorable. He had to make a cameo. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so cute. So um, when you started the customizing side of things, what did you start off with? Was it just like craft paints, whatever you had at your disposal? <laughs> the first custom that I remember doing was a lady phase and it composed of three colors of spray paint. <laughs> it was it was an Appaloosa, so there was brown spray paint white spray on the butt and paintbrushes died in the making of that to get spots. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even have that horse anymore. But uh, yeah. Do you have like any pictures of it even? I do actually. Oh sweet. Things like that are so cool. One of the, my favorite parts of this is seeing what people's like first pieces look like because we all start from somewhere. <laughs> I think it's awesome to see how people started. Definitely basic. Yeah. I even remember doing it out on the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Carefree, before you knew Carefree. of the intricacies of everything that had to be, you know, I, there is something to that. I feel like sometimes because we paint realistic horses, there's like this pressure to make it perfect. And 
sometimes I wish yeah sometimes I wish I had that like carefreeness of when I was younger of like yeah just make it <laughs> just make it yeah that's part of the fun when you get involved in a model and you forget the pressure of everything and just get into the joy of creating mm. so true so what do you do now as far as customizing? What are the mediums you use? What's your studio space like? Walk me through that whole process. I'm lucky enough to have a little spare bedroom that I was able to change into a studio. Kind of unconventional. I don't have a desk, which usually shocks everyone. I usually work with whatever I'm working on at the moment. Just have it in my lap. Lots of lights, lots of white walls. I love my white walls. Uh, painting, I basically use whatever gets me the result I want, mixed media, which my my art, my conventional art trained friends are like, you can't do that. <laughs> Oils and acrylics, no, no, they love it anyway. So uh, I started out, well, I suppose you could say I started out with spray paint, but generally I mark my entrance into painting with oils with Chris Nandel Flint's book mm. it was a godsend yes I definitely recommend that book so I'm rooted in oils but later on I started adding layers of pastel in there I'll use colored pencils I'll use ink I will use whatever gets me what I want and I love it and working in a lot of layers definitely gets you a depth and a glow to your paint job. Yeah, for sure. For sculpting, I use a lot of Aves. I think that's how it's pronounced. Aves, Aves. One of those, yeah. <laughs> One of those. Uh, epoxies. I really like the epoxy sculpts. I've used Fix It. I've used epoxy clay. I do like Magic Sculpt. Uh, the epoxy sculpt is definitely top on my list. Uh, I've used Epoxio, which has changed names to A plus B epoxy, which mm. is a really nice dense epoxy that I like using for more fragile pieces. I use a Dremel, of course. When they're not dying, they burn out. Uh, heat gun. Do you have a favorite or a least favorite scale to work in? Not really. I like working in all, all the scales. I haven't gone any larger than traditional yet, though I have a couple of victims sitting over here waiting for me. One of them is gigantic. I, I couldn't even tell you what scale it is. <laughs> yeah, they'd be heavy yeah. to hold too. Not really, actually. It's pretty light. It's some sort of a toy that I found at Goodwill. It's like, uh, oh yes. And I've worked as small as I think it's HO scale, railroading horses, so smaller mm. than micro mini. Yeah. It's a lot of, really small. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it can fit on your thumbnail, small. <laughs> and it's fun to work with the little guys and see if you can pack in as much detail on the itty bitties as you can as the bigger ones. For sculpting, I tend to prefer the traditional just because I have a little more freedom of adding all those details. But I've also sculpted micro minis too. They're fun. Yeah. Just like it all. Yeah, they all have their benefits. <laughs> they all have their benefits. Um, so 
this could be art related or not, but do you have a favorite and then a least favorite if you want? Some people haven't wanted to share like a least favorite, but at least a favorite part of the hobby. Yeah, the encouragement of it. Mm. Just to find other people who are encouraging others, whether they're new to the hobby or old pros, just to build each other up rather than tear each other down. That's all, the camaraderie is a lot of fun. Like yeah. look at Namo Pamo and yeah, all the encouragement that goes on in that month. I wish that could happen all year. Not necessarily Namo Pamo, just the spirit of it. Yeah, I think those kinds of events have been super healthy for the hobby because it gives us one, a space to kind of all congregate over a certain cause, but also there's so much, like you said, encouragement for people starting out and um, you get to have people cheer you on as you try new things and yeah. experiment. So yeah, it's really cool. Um, do you have any favorite memories, funny memories, things like that from the hobby? I think my all-time favorite memory was being a finalist for the Bryfest Best Custom Contest in 2017 and actually winning it. Yeah. It was completely a lark, and I got to go down to Briarfest with my dad, who doesn't know a whole lot about the side of the hobby, and so that was kind of an eye-opener for him. I had a lot of friends down there who were cheering me on in my little moment there, and just the kind of the camaraderie among the, the finalists is even fun. Uh, Following that as my favorite would probably be last year being a finalist too. Just a lot of excitement, a lot of fun. The people are so gracious in the contest. Everyone's rooting for each other. Yeah. It's not like a negative competition. Everybody's... No, it's not. You'd think that it would be, but everyone's really sweet. <laughs> That's awesome. What was your... Um... What was that like doing models for that contest? Was it a lot of like time pressure or do you really yes. space it out? <laughs> I know I already had the model in 2017, but I did give it a revamp. So I was done in enough time. Last year I was really pushing it. I had chosen to do a drastic custom and it's like time is ticking. Yeah. yeah. As my friends point out to me, I thrive under pressure. I complain a lot, but I thrive under pressure. And yeah. It was amazing to be chosen again. Yeah. Such a cool experience. <laughs> Do you have, um, what would your, what would your top tips be for people that are looking to do what you do? Definitely practice. I know that's basically beaten to death. Practice, practice, but it's true. And Making mistakes is okay because that's how you learn. Sometimes the mistakes turn out to be better than what you were aiming for. So make mistakes, don't be scared of them. It's really hard to actually ruin a model. So as long as you know how, you can usually start over again. Ask a lot of questions. The worst that could happen is that someone might not want to answer you. The best that could happen is that someone will graciously give you as much information as you need. I'm always happy to help people. I have been helped so much in the hobby by so many wonderful hobbyists. And I really believe in paying that forward. 
So when someone is humble enough to come to me and ask if I would have the time to give them any tips, I'm really honored and I'm happy to help the next people in the hobby make it. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah, and like, never stop chasing your dreams. You can do it. I like what Bob Ross said in talent is a pursued interest. Anything that you're willing to practice, you can do. And it's totally true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think the hobby, um, I think the hobby definitely needs more people like you that are that are so willing to share um, the tips Thank and you. advice and really help people. Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, certainly like when I was first starting out and not really knowing even like what to use, like the few people that, you know, took time out of their day to help me or to, you know, send me screenshots and pictures of things of like, yeah, this is what you could do. Like those kinds of things were so helpful and like monumental, not only in the sense of making friendships, because I think that can definitely come out of like a mentoring relationship. It does. Um, yeah, but just it, it really helps when you're starting out. And to have the internet these days to be able to find the tutorials and the YouTube videos were all things that I didn't have. Best you could do is find a, a hobby magazine. And the people who are gracious enough to spend the time to put these together is awesome. Like your uh, blog, your, your podcast is an amazing addition oh. to our hobby. And just the time that people take to do that is awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the more the merrier. <laughs> Absolutely. This is kind of a big question, but what's one thing you'd like to see more of in the hobby? I don't know. Probably just more of the the encouragement and the building up of others. Yeah. There's room for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or the top of the the hobby. Overall, what does the hobby mean to you? What makes it so special? The outlet for my creativity, definitely. Uh, yeah, just being able to spend time alone in your creativity, trying to make things as lifelike as possible. I'm definitely grateful to God for giving me my talent. I hope to bring him glory with it. And yeah, it's just, I don't even know if I have a, a really good answer to that. It's just very peaceful to me. Yeah. I know one of my favorite, very favorite quotes, which is on my Instagram and on my, my website is from uh, Betty Davis to, to fulfill a dream to be allowed to sweat over lonely labor, to be given a chance to create is the meat and potatoes of life. The money is the gravy. And that's really how it feels to me. Yeah, that's an amazing quote. It's so true. To be given a chance to, to create. I think it's something that is a bit lost on the world as a whole right now. I think so many people are so like consumed with how to make money with things, which there's nothing wrong with making money at it, of course, but to be able to just use our God-given talents to create and, um, like you said, bring him glory is something that I strive to do with my art as well. So that's amazing. Yes. 
what are your future goals? These could be short-term or long-term. Probably just to continue to improve each horse that I make. I try to make it a little bit better than the last one. Like my ultimate goal is to someday have a sculpture released as a briar. So that's probably the biggest long-term goal. Other than that, it's just basically make the best that I can each one, make the next one even better. Sometimes it's a step back, sometimes it's a step forward. You always learn. Yeah, totally. Um, and then if there's nothing else you want to talk about, I like to always leave it open in case there's something that you're wanting to share with people. <laughs> I, would, I could definitely thank my mom for encouraging me. She was the one that saw the creative spark when I was a little kid, got me the crowns, got me the sheets of paper, always loved anything that I made, whether it was the Kleenex box giraffes that I gave her for Christmas or the resin that I painted her for her birthday. And she's just always encouraged me. That's amazing. That's great that you have such an awesome support system. Definitely. <laughs> so I like to leave this last little bit up to you. Go ahead and plug your work. Where can people find you? What should they expect from you in the future? Uh, you can find me on my Instagram, which is Sprucewood Farm Studio, uh, my website, which is carissakirksey.weebly.com. On my website, I also have my blog, which I sporadically post tutorials and videos of how I work, if anyone wants to learn from what I do. Uh, I always have perpetual work in progresses that our future sales pieces upcoming will be a traditional juggernaut. I have three micro juggernauts. I have two Eltons that are coming. I have uh, the mini me, mini winnies that Briar released. I have a few of those coming. Take a she. It's just always things in the works, always things coming up. I have uh, several resin releases, the Marwari Stallion, a Clydesdale mare, traditional. I have a third, uh, large stable mate scale thoroughbred mare that's released through MEPSA. I have a couple of medallions that I cast myself. Those are all available to order. Wow. Yeah, definitely go check her out, guys. <laughs> all right, you guys, that was the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely go ahead and check out Carissa on all of her different social medias. I will link that below in the description. As always, if you want to keep up with me and some behind the scenes for the show, go ahead and follow my Instagram. It's Frost Studios Equine Art. Stay tuned for next week's episode featuring Amy of Zoraida Tech. Thank you guys so much for watching and I'll see you guys next week.